the squadron. They called him Bullets. But we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, here's some news. Um, Michelle Obama will be the Democrat nominee in 2024. Absolutely. Long time coming. Uh, this has been in the works. Uh, now it's it's going to happen. All right. It's going to be Michelle. Forget every tune out all the noise. You just heard who's going to be the nominee. Michelle Obama. And uh, yeah, that's uh, they know that Joe's finished. Everybody knows that these polls are absolutely devastating. And he's never really actually been running to begin with. All right. That video, that phony video they put out last week. That's not a campaign announcement. That's um, just a placeholder. Uh, they wanted to kind of discourage uh, more people like uh, RFK or anybody else, minor players getting in. But Michelle Obama will be the nominee. And uh, Donald Trump will cream her, of course. <laughs> but uh, she is a very, very, uh, well, you know who she is, right? Apparently, she still hates America. Uh, she's very, very rich. Doesn't have anything regarding ability or, well, she's going to say she's got experience. She's going to say she was like the co-president of the United States. Look, um, this has been building for a long Let me go through it. 2004, uh, Barack Obama, state senator nobody from Illinois, right? They made him the keynote speaker for some reason. Why him, by the way? Why him? Why the hell did they pick him? I remember, um, I think in 2000, you know who the uh, keynote speaker was on the Republican side? New Jersey and you, perfect together. Governor Tom Kane, he had to be governor for two terms before they let him do the do the keynote address. Uh, but Barack Obama, no, uh, they they just uh, they threw the standards out. Oh wow, this guy, look at him. I mean, just look at him. Joe Biden was so impressed. He's so clean and articulate. Being impressed by that stuff is uh, actually says, well, you know, it says a lot about Joe Biden. I don't know what the hell it is about standards, huh? They're so subjective. Standards are supposed to be universal for everybody. But no, they they vary wildly, especially I don't understand why. If it's a person of color or a white person, if you are a white person, oh, my goodness gracious, the standards are suddenly off the chart. I mean, really, real. Wow. But uh, for people of color, they'll tolerate a lot and they'll praise very minimal achievement. They'll praise very, very minimal achievement. You know, this whole thing with the guy in the subway. I mean, um, come on, let's face it. If that were a black-on-black situation, nobody would care. They wouldn't be protesting. Uh, I saw a guy get shot in the face, right, by another guy. You saw that in the smoke shop. Why aren't they protesting that? You know why? Because nobody can get any power procedure status out of it. You know the drill. We've gone through that. Uh, but Barack, back to Barack Hussein Obama, 2004. He's the Democrat nominee. He gets himself into the United States Senate. Virtually no questions asked. Two years later, just two years later, he starts running for president of the United States. It's true. He gets there in 2005, January. And then in February of 2007, he's running for president. Was he running based on his long record of achievement in the United States Senate? Hell, Lyndon Johnson, what a schmuck. He actually went through the trouble of... Uh, Passing landmark legislation, becoming majority leader, becoming the master of the Senate. Who needs any of that? All you need now is a life story. All you need now is a hook, is a gimmick. I remember his gimmick, right? What was his whole What was his whole story? Uh, my father's from Africa. My mother's from Kansas. 
And that somehow makes me special. That means I can talk to black people and white people. Wow, as if you have to be a certain, right? You have to be some something to be able to talk to people. Crazy stuff. He finagles that phony story all the way into the White House. Nobody benefits other than him. Anyway, Michelle, uh, this was pointed out to me, uh, by the way, was also active in Chicago in terms of get out the vote. They both started projects, uh, you know, those grassroots projects. Where is this thing? Uh, Barack Obama started um, Project Vote back in 1995. Michelle Obama started When We All Vote. Uh, Barack Obama was the keynote speaker in 2004 and then the Democrat nominee in 2008. Michelle Obama was the keynote speaker in 2020 and will be the nominee in 2024. I know it. I can feel it. And uh, actually, it's all coming together. It's starting to make sense. I mean, Joe is a dead man walking. They they can't, you know, our guy, Donald Trump, has been known to defy political gravity, right? Uh, Joe can't do that. Joe doesn't have the talent, all right? This is going to... Uh, is going to be very bad. I hope he goes, you know, I hope he, look, even me, I, I, I have some sympathy for the guy. I hope he can maintain some measure of dignity. Then again, I kind of want to see him thrown in the slammer because, according to the um, House Oversight Committee, this man may have influenced policy because he was getting money from foreign agents as vice president of the United States, actually manipulating policy. So he could pay off. That was the payoff, right? You get the money, then uh, he got the money, and then he had to do something for that money. And one of the things I hope they look at, because do you remember the prosecutor going after um, Burisma? And Joe Biden, for some reason, wanted that guy fired. Well, it wasn't just some reason. It was the policy of the European Union, and it was the policy of the interagency. You know what the interagency is? They all get together, all those agencies, CIA, State Department, uh, USAID, and they come out with these positions. And one of their positions was, for some reason, they wanted the Burisma, I'm sorry, the prosecutor looking into Burisma, they wanted them fired in Ukraine. How many countries in the world has the U.S. ever demanded the termination of a of a local prosecutor? I have a feeling it might just be Ukraine. Just one. Anyway, that's liberals say that all the time. Even the the Beltway liberals, the swamp liberals, shouldn't even say liberals, like just swamp technocrats, um, even Bush types, uh, Jaden Bolton. Well, this was the position of the government. This was the policy position of the government. Well, who was in a perfect position to influence the policy of the government? Joe Biden, vice president. Absolutely, he could pull those strings. Absolutely, and he did. I am firmly convinced that he did. Aren't you? Doesn't it make sense? So we're going to know a lot more tomorrow. Uh, I, I heard Comer say, well, they better not indict Hunter before Wednesday. Now, I have a feeling uh, that's uh, I haven't heard anything about that happening. It, one of his frustrations is, and this is my concern as well, if they indict Hunter, it's going to be for filling out a form wrong. Filling out that form for his gun permit that he filled it out not only wrong, but he lied on the form. And there is a penalty for that. And from time to time, people are prosecuted for that. But Hunter Biden has been taking uh, millions of dollars, it looks like, from our enemies. His dad has been influencing policy, and we're going to get him for making a mistake or lying on some gun permit. That's why the Justice Department might indict this week Hunter Biden. And don't I'm not, I'm not going to get excited. I'm actually going to get discouraged if that happens.
I'll be discouraged because that will, I think what they can say is, well, you're not going to, pro- no, no other charges until this is adjudicated. Is that their game? I don't know. Uh, not so. What else? Oh, boy. Did you see? These guys are out there all the time. I saw 17 news reports now about Jordan Neely, the Michael Jackson impersonator, and they don't mention anything about the 41 arrests. The 41 arrests. The guy's been arrested 41 arrests 41 times. I heard, actually, he punched somebody and broke her face. Literally broke her face. But listen to how they're they're treating this. How they're, oh, my God, they're eulogizing this guy. They are eulogizing him. I was going around listening to Channel is this, Channel 4. Listen to this. Listen to this I love you piece. I love you, Jordan Neely. Um, 41 arrests in all. Cut 22. Calls for justice and also outrage, Gilma, growing by the day. Many are angry and fed up with the system that failed Neely, who was living on the streets, performing on the subway as Michael Jackson, and battling mental illness, which he started experiencing after his mother was murdered when he was a teenager. You can see here how New Yorkers are trying to remember Jordan Neely's life at the Broadway Lafayette station. A lot of flowers, candles, and signs here. Uh, Jordan spent a lot of time on the subway his life ended on the subway as well oh he spent a lot of time performing on the subway and he died on the subway he also hassled people and assaulted people and harassed people on the subway um and they didn't do it for the fun of it they didn't do it for the thrill of it they did it because Listen, I think this guy Penny is totally innocent, but I'm worried about him. I really am, because in this culture, with Alvin Bragg, the district attorney, what is going to happen? All right, do we have any update on the Texas shooter situation? Now, there are some, uh, look, there's some confusion at this point, and I think they're being deliberately confusing uh, about this shooter and um, his motivations and who he is and where he comes from. Um, Over the weekend, like, We know, they know, somebody knows exactly who this guy is. But they're playing a game with us. And Jake Tapper, of all people, called it out over the weekend. Cut 18, please. Cut 18. A day after the shooting, local officials there have still not confirmed anything about the shooter's weapon, his name, his identity, his possible motive, how long he was shooting people before he was stopped. Officials refused to answer questions at a press conference last night. A striking lack of accountability to members of the public for whom they work. Yeah, for whom they work. It's pretty good with saying whom. Not everybody does the who, whom thing. Uh, whom, to whom, from whom, who is going, who is the noun, whom is a object. Ob, uh, never mind. All right. Uh, cut 19, please. This is uh, then they, everybody got their marching orders. OK, some anonymous official said he must be tied to white supremacy. Why? Because, uh, well, we know, right? We just know. Cut 19. Two law enforcement officials tell NBC News that he has interacted with neo-Nazi and white supremacist content online. His social media posts are filled with neo-Nazi and white supremacist material. We are told he also had a lot of social media posts that related to white supremacy. Why the hell so vague? You know, was he was he posting white supremacy crap or not? Why? What, what, what related to of or related to? What is this? An SAT question of or related to interacting? 
what's the story? What's the real story? There's a lot of, uh, well, there's a lot of weird stuff out there. I think they're trying to get a story straight, or maybe they're just kind of killing time, hoping that we're all going to move on, which, oh, by the way, <laughs> uh, we probably will. Uh, now, some of us will revisit from time to time, like Audrey Hale, the uh, transgender mass shooter in Nashville, Tennessee. Haven't heard uh, lick about that manifesto, right? The manifesto that apparently goes all through the transgender struggles and uh, could be embarrassing to the transgender movement. And by the way, well, if this guy's a white supremacist, all right, white supremacy has nothing to do with MAGA. White supremacy is awful. It's stupid and uh, should be shunned and condemned totally. Uh, but what they want to do is, you see, this is Donald Trump's America, that nonsense. You know, when somebody says uh, white supremacy and MAGA, you know, when they say it in a conference room on K Street in the swamp or whatever, when they're coming up with a new ad campaign, I think they, they, they're all dazzled by it, right? They're all, oh, wow, this is a really effective one. We're going to call MAGA white supremacists. And then they, they tell the guy in the editing booth and, uh, they tell each other and they, and they, uh, they follow each other on Twitter and they say these things about MAGA. And it all sounds great. Yeah, of course. They're all white supremacists, right? And then they get out into the real world. And when they dare say something so foolish about MAGA, so hateful, so wrong, they get it put right back in their face. And it seems like a long time ago. When the hell was the New Jersey election? Was that in 2021? It was in 2021. Man, Phil Murphy, Cetarelli, he missed that. He missed by a, what, a thousand votes? Did he really miss? He would have been great. Oh, shoot. Am I late? Sorry about that. We got to do better. Um, uh, 18 minutes. Are you sure? All right. Can we listen to Phil Murphy? You're sure about that? All right. Here we go. Phil Murphy saying something awful and listen to the people of New Jersey. Give it right back to him. Cut 20. There's so much on the ballot. Uh, there's so much at stake. Do we stand with our sacred democracy or do we stand with with uh, Confederate flags and white supremacists and a pack of lies? Do we stand? Do we continue? Do we continue to make the tough? can't believe he's still the governor. Not for much longer. Can you believe he's making noise about being president someday? Yeah. Well, he's got a little line that he can try. Uh, I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, who does that Liz Cheney think she is? Liz Cheney, is is she going to run? Is she going to run? Don't you have to win the last office? Don't you have to win? She lost her re-election fight in, uh, where is she from again, Wyoming, uh, by like 50 points. It's very hard to lose when you are an incumbent House member. It's not like she retired. She ran for re-election. And she lost by uh, Hageman, I think her name is. Great uh, new representative from Wyoming. And why did she lose? Well, uh, number one, uh, the lie she told about January 6th. And I think her constituents got a real good look at her, right? And the horrible things that she would say about President Trump. Um, and also this somehow, and I could see in a very weird, twisted way how she might think that she's a member of the ruling class, right? After all, when she was growing up, her father, Dick Cheney, was uh, chief of staff to Gerald Ford, president of the United States, when he was like 30. Then he became uh, 
Secretary of Defense and then became a gazillionaire working for Halliburton. Then he was Vice President of the United States and then he orchestrated the war in Iraq to get weapons of mass destruction, even though there were no weapons of mass destruction. It's absolutely incredible what that family, what those people have done. And she grew up in the middle of it all. McLean High School. She's a child of the swamp right there next to CIA headquarters. There's there's little Liz Cheney. And she says words like she sometimes says like President Trump cannot be president again. President Trump will not be able to get close to the Oval Office like as if it's not an option as if like, well, what if more people vote for him than the other guy? Right. President Trump will not get close to the Oval Office. So right now the Internet is is it blowing up? Well, you know, it's not really blowing, blowing up, but it's uh, there's some attention about this right now. Liz Cheney has a new ad. Does this mean she's running for president? I kind of like to see it. The annoying Liz Cheney got lots of name recognition, uh, but that's part of her problem. Lots of name recognition. Okay, we we know her and we don't like her and we don't like what she stands for. But here we go. Donald Trump is the only president in American history who has refused to guarantee the peaceful transfer of power. He lost the election and he knew it. To become the president. He betrayed millions of Americans by telling them the election was stolen. Stop! Stop! None of that's true. Oh, by the way, none of that is true. Um, and you know what? I do believe they stole it. And if you're the president of the United States and the opposition stole an election, you have to got to, you've got to evaluate all of your options. Everything. Everything's on the table. Every legal challenge. And January 6th, under the Electoral Count Act of 1887, there are all kinds of things you could do regarding the election. And that's fair. But no, the ruler, ruling class said no. No questions asked. Uh, tells you all the more that they stole it. Actually, I do want to hear the tail end of that. Give me a moment. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. We want. Do we need to hear the rest of that Liz uh, Liz Cheney thing? Uh, it's uh, it's tough. It's painful. I just want to see how serious this is. All right. I want to see what's. Uh, all right. Keep going with that. Just for. I'm sorry about this, but I have to. I'm sorry. Good. Keep going. He ignored the rulings of dozens of courts. Rather than accept his defeat, he mobilized a mob to come to Washington and wrong. march on the Capitol. Number one, that's wrong. Okay, keep going. Then he watched on television while the mob attacked law enforcement invaded the Capitol, and hunted the vice president. All right, number two. Can I just he stop it right there? She really is throwing the lies like crazy. Now, these are all widely accepted January 6th myths, but they are lies. They're total lies. Number one, he wasn't watching television. Number two, if he was watching television, he wouldn't have seen any of that crap she was just talking about. I've already documented this thoroughly and and uh, very uniquely, oh, by the way, because the lamestream, lazy media just goes with what it's fed all right, keep going. He refused for three hours to tell the mob to leave. There has never been a greater dereliction of duty by any president. Oh, Trump Jesus, stop. What about W sending troops, starting a war? We didn't have to fight. This guy's not a security guard. He's president of the United States, President Trump. President Trump, not a security guard. Nobody was calling him, oh, by the way. Nobody was calling him. I, I know Kilmeade called him, and that's great. Brian Kilmeade called him. Who else called? Uh, I think Hannity may have called him, but you know who wasn't calling him? His Secretary of Defense, his Vice President, uh, nobody on his team. Why? Because they knew that that wasn't a, it wasn't a presidential situation. 
It wasn't. And if it was, they should have gotten on the phone and called them, but they didn't. You could ask Mike Pence about that. I know he was busy in the basement, just standing there posing for pictures. You'll have to ask the president why he didn't call me. Well, why didn't you call him, Mike? He's never been asked that. All right, keep going. was warned repeatedly that his plans for January 6th were illegal. He didn't care. And today, he celebrates. It's not illegal to contest the election, the counting of the electoral votes under the Electoral Count Act of 1887. In fact, you guys just changed it. So it can't happen next time, which, oh, by the way, confirms that it could happen in 2021. There's a method for this, and Democrats tried it all the time, but they didn't have the success that the Republicans did, did they? Because they could never uh, get a senator to get on board. Keep going. Those who attacked our capital. Donald Trump has proven he is unfit for office. Donald Trump is a risk America can never take again. The great task is responsible for the content of this advertising. The great task. The great task. That sounds very ominous and weird. What the hell is the great task? I don't think I like the great task at all. The great task. The great task. What, to deprive us of a choice? To deprive us of the ability to vote? Because these people, they think they're in charge. And Liz Cheney, oh, by the way, is worth tens of millions of dollars. Tens of millions of dollars. And uh, she thinks she can install herself as president, even though she just got kicked out by the people of Wyoming. It's funny how that works. Funny how that she still has political legs. The people don't like her, but you know who does? The swamp. And they'll keep it up. They will keep it up. Uh, let's see here. Maria in Short Hills. Hello. Hi, Greg. I just wanted to comment on just one effect the lifting of Title 42 this coming Thursday will have on every American. What? You know. What? If most Americans think that this is not going to affect us, you know, these illegals are going to come into Manhattan and Chicago and to L.A., baloney. They're coming into suburbia, just like President Trump predicted in 2020. Our beautiful suburban areas are going to be ruined. I could tell you for a fact, Greg, I live in Short Hills, New Jersey, where a dog house is a million dollars. Now, my husband and I bought our house 36 years ago. We're a young married couple. We worked our rear ends off in order to get the house looking the way it is. It took us 10 years. No more than a mile away from us, a low-income housing being built, thanks to Murphy and our left-wing mayor, who I'm so lucky, she lives two doors down from me. This is absolutely disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. Our our school systems are going to explode because the children and their innocent victims are going to have to be educated. So what's going to happen, Greg? Schools are going to have to be built, and the vast majority of our taxes go for our school system. This is a nightmare, Greg, a nightmare. And it's already in full swing. Yeah, like in your neck of the woods. Also, hey, what's the capital of MS-13? I think there are more MS-13 in and around Brentwood, Long Island, than there are in uh, Managua, Nicaragua. It's totally insane. And you're right. They're corrupting the suburbs. You believe, you can look it up. I mean, the left, Black Lives Matter, they hate the idea of affluent suburbia. Hate it. I don't understand why. Work your rear end off like you, Maria, and your husband. Uh, you, too, can have a beautiful house in the suburbs. But they don't like that, and they want to ruin it. And, yes, they'll say, well, this is racist. These are, and they'll talk about redlining and all this stuff. Um, they are very, very foolish. Uh, 
and they don't want to look inward and ask some difficult questions of, uh, well, uh, I mentioned Black Lives Matter because I know they've been a vocal um, advocate for, well, what they call desegregation, but I call it ruining the suburbs. I mean, I'm sorry. It's just... It's an economic factor. It's not about race, okay? You can have a nice house. That's okay. It doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter. But we want to maintain the integrity. We want the suburbs to be the suburbs. Right, Maria? Absolutely, Greg. All right. Anything else going on? Yes, I agree 1,000% with you that Michelle is going to be the 2024 nominee. I've been saying this for months. Everybody thought I was crazy. You are right. Yeah, I know. It's really coming together now. You can feel it. I mean, Joe Biden, he is uh, every day. It's just confirmation. They know it. They can't they can't go through with it. And this poll uh, that came out the other day, 54 percent believe Donald Trump. This is an ABC News poll. And this may have been uh, authorized by who knows what. But uh, anybody, even on the left, Ron Klain, who's really in charge? Barack Obama. They needed a poll like this so they could throw cold water in Joe's face. Say, look, you gotta, you gotta step out of the way and you gotta do it sooner rather than later. All right. Thank you very much, Maria. Um, let's see what else is going on here. Ooh, you know, we were just talking about this. Um, you know, that Marine who has the guy in, uh, in a, I, I don't know if it's a chokehold. It looks like a cross chest body hold. Um, but they are livid, livid, and the protests are all over the place. I mean, I saw this maniac following a cop, harassing him, yelling at him, and it's happening all over the city. And these protests are popping up. A lot of them are funded by uh, George Soros, by the way. And um, and then why are they all over that guy? Why are they all over that guy? Well, because he's white, all right? It's almost, and I think this is kind of racist, they expect better conduct out of a person because he's white. Is that why there's outrage? Because it's a white person? Because if that were a black person, like the smoke shop shooting, you probably don't know what I'm talking about, but a man shot a guy right there, right in his face over nothing, and it was on camera, and there's been not a peep about this. No outrage, no movement, nothing, 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 nothing. So it's almost as if they expect Somehow the standards are higher for white. I, I think the standards are should be irrespective of race, irrespective. They're the standards they apply across the board. And then also there's the other thing that happens And Barack Obama kind of got some of this. I mean, Barack Obama, let's face it. I said this. He was not much of a senator. He was not much of anybody. He was kind of a mediocre guy. Well, wait a second. He went to Harvard Law School. Well, I'll show you point to any office building in Manhattan uh, where they got a law firm, uh, there there'd be dozens of Harvard lawyers in there. There's, it's not such a big deal, but because it was Barack Obama, and because he looked a certain way, uh, and you put that all together, wow, isn't that amazing? I didn't think it was amazing, but somehow people, why? Just because he went to Harvard Law School, here are 600 white people who went to Harvard Law School. What's the big deal? And you see this across the board. So there was an officer on Capitol Hill. I think his name was, uh, and nothing against the cop, quite frankly. Uh, his name was Good, Officer Goodman. And I saw a picture of him, and he was there on January 6th. And he's like just pointing his hand, like, go that way. That's all, just pointing at something. And they said, this is the most iconic, beautiful image uh, that we've seen in the 21st century. And they just went nuts praising this guy. I mean, it's over the top. It's just an officer doing his job. 
and and we don't actually know the full extent of it because I just saw him standing there. At one point, I saw him walking backwards. Listen to how they talk about him. Cut 23. U.S. Capitol Police Officer Eugene Goodman has been hailed as a hero for leading the insurrectionists that stormed the U.S. Capitol away from the Senate chamber. Because of his quick thinking, because of his training, and because of his personal bravery, um, deflected the movement of this angry mob. Eugene Goodman was one of the many Capitol Police who were on the right side of history last week. We know that the, the incredible American hero, Eugene Goodman, I mean, all of these police officers were heroes, but the fact that he saved Mitt Romney's life. <laughs> just they're just bending over backwards trying to outpraise this guy, outpraise each other. It's just oh, he was so like what? He's just a person. It's almost it's it's pandering, quite frankly. That's 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 pandering what you have right there. And uh I don't like it. That's not my way, that's not your way. Oh, and speaking of ways, here's Chris Ray. Chris Ray, the FBI director, installed by Trump. That's what they love to say. This is a Trump director. A Trump FBI director. Well, he never met Trump before. I think he was going off of Chris Christie's advice because Chris Christie needed a lawyer, needed a lot of lawyers when he was in the middle of Bridgegate. Remember that nonsense? Let's uh, time for some traffic trouble in Fort Lee. And I understand that Bridget Kelly is kind of a, well, I mean, they really kind of overpunished her maybe, but I mean, if she's not guilty, what did she mean by that email? <laughs> What, what, what was that all about? I mean, what 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 were they talking about? Hmm? Uh, seems like it's uh, pretty nasty stuff. I mean, I guess you could say, well, it's mischief. Is it mischief? Anyway, here's Christopher Ray um, in, a, in an effort to appease the left, telling the FBI that they can't talk about black identity extremism, which is a real thing. I mean, big time, especially since well. Um, this overreaction and uncritical reporting of Black Lives Matter and Antifa. Uh, the overreaction to the death of George Floyd, uncritical reporting of Black Lives Matter and the outrageous things they say about racist police officers. Well, it's fired a lot of people up and it's reinvigorated something called black identity extremism. But here's Christopher Ray. They had a great big report on it. They had a great big report. It made a lot of sense. And they were warning law enforcement, look, there are targeted uh, attacks against law enforcement, and they're motivated by perceived slights or perceived uh, anti-black violence by police. And they didn't want to hear that, especially in Congress. Let's go back, actually. This is Jeff Sessions. Remember this goofball when he was attorney general? Nice guy, but, whoa, talk about no backbone. You can tell right here, and he's being slapped around by Congresswoman uh, Karen Bass, who I think is the mayor of Los Angeles now. Cut 24. And so I would like to know, what will you do to essentially roll back what is listed in this report? Because it's not accurate. Sir? We will look at the report. I actually um, would be interested in reading it. Oh, wow. How, how, How courteous of Jeff Sessions. It's a 12-page report. What's the matter with you? You could have scanned it right then and there under FBI letterhead back when the FBI was kind of in the business of uh, public safety. Uh, Not anymore, huh? So uh, this current ridiculous climate uh, fueled by the media, Democrats, academia, corporate America, this is the result. Uh, You have a bunch of uh, good people, but they've been fed a hell of a lot of lies 
This is the California Department of Justice, where they convened hearings on reparations, as in how much money should black people be paid to make up for slavery in California, where, oh, by the way, they didn't even have slavery. Uh, California, I don't think, was even a state when they had slavery. But those are details. Let's make everybody feel good. Twenty six, please. Cut twenty six. I believe that $5 million in reparations is too little for the work that foundational black Americans have done for this country and as well for other countries. I believe that $7.6 million is a number that can be used very wisely in our foundational black American communities. $200 million for each and every African American. All we're asking for is $120 billion because I'm demanding that we have $5,000 Every single month to the day we die. <laughs> uh, modest, modest request, huh? $120 billion and everybody gets $5,000 a month. These people, like, they really think they're going to get this money. And you know what? They just might. Uh, it looks like this this board, the, the reparations board, they signed off on $1.2 million for everybody, for everyone who can claim some sort of tie to slavery from uh, 200 years ago, right? Uh, 1.2 million. Does that sound fair? Does that sound reasonable? Of course not. Hey, speaking of um, unfair and unreasonable, remember Chris Cuomo? He's on News Nation now, but somebody sent me this. This is in the heart of Black Lives Matter. This is in the heart of, uh, well, quite frankly, for the most part, white anchors bending over backwards, trying to appear woke, trying to apologize for their status and prestige and money and power and saying ludicrous things like this. Cut 29. Now, too many see the protests as the problem. No, the problem is what forced your fellow citizens to take to the streets. Persistent and poisonous inequities and injustice. And please, show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. Too bad he couldn't ask his late father, Governor Mario Cuomo, and before he was governor, he was a great law professor at St. John's University. And guess who one of his pupils was? Ray Kelly, a young Sergeant Ray Kelly, took Mario Cuomo's uh, constitutional law class. I forgot what class he was teaching, contracts, something like that, but uh, Mario Cuomo was the teacher. Anyway, in the First Amendment, it says, no law shall be passed that infringes the right of Americans to peaceably assemble. Peaceably, you got to be peaceful. You can come together, but that's where it says you can't riot. All right, Chris, I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You know what the worst candy in the world is? Uh, I love candy, but a gobstopper. What is the point of a gobstopper, right? To break your teeth? You can't, it has no flavor until you actually, until you break it apart. It's just like this rock in your mouth. I don't like it. Um, how about that Jeff Sessions, huh? I, I look forward to reading it, ma'am. I look forward to reading it. Jeff Sessions is in uh, Donald Trump's new book. Have you seen it, by the way? Letters for Trump? It really is cool. I think my favorite letters are the ones from, uh, Richard Nixon, to and from Richard Nixon. Kari Lake is in there. Superstar, by the way, I think she's going to be the next senator from Arizona. Um, can I do this real quick? This is Christopher Ray again. Black identity extremism is a real thing. It's far more pervasive than white supremacy. It is. I'm sorry, but it, it's just it's true. 
you can pretend otherwise. It's politically incorrect to say otherwise. But and listen, here we have Christopher Ray uh, just caving to the woke mob um, right off the bat. The FBI director cut 25. So nobody's being surveilled or investigated on the black identity extremism. We don't use we don't use that terminology anymore. That was part of the reorganization of all of our domestic terrorism threat categorization. That terminology went away uh, as part of this racially motivated violent extremism category. Well, if you can't talk about a problem, how can you confront the problem? I think that's a real problem. <laughs> uh, don't you, right? It doesn't. Uh... Hey, Tucker Carlson, what's going on with this guy? Uh, I, I, they're still going nuts about him every day. I don't know if you look at these websites like Mediaite, like uh, Media Matters. They're leaking videos of him like when you didn't know he was on TV, like in the commercial break. And they say, look at how awful he's acting. He's not really acting awful. He's just saying things that aren't meant for um, millions of people, in-house gossip, that kind of thing. Look, everybody talks, <laughs> right? And uh, they're like, oh, my gosh, look at this. No, he's fine. He's fine. Uh, he's going to be great. I am kind of curious what the hell is going to happen next, aren't you? Um, and Kevin McCarthy, if you're not going to do it uh, anymore, well, then just don't give it to a journalist. Don't give it to me. Give the 40,000 hours of security footage back to the American people. We own it. You know, he gave some of it to Tucker, and I don't like Kevin McCarthy. I mean, sometimes I do, but I'm still having a problem with this. Kevin McCarthy, the Speaker of the House of Representatives, he could go in there and clean up the Capitol Police, and they desperately need it, but instead he panders, cut 34. One of the first things Marjorie Taylor Greene said from the oversight dais was that Ashley Babbitt was murdered. Do you think Ashley Babbitt was murdered, or do you think the police officer who shot her was doing his job? I think the police officer did his job. Unbelievable. If I were in Congress, I would have voted against him. I might even call one of those, uh, what do they call him, a quorum or something like that, to try to get rid of him right now. Unless if he puts up that stuff. We want the 40,000 hours. But the insurgents and the insurrectionists will know where the security cameras are. What are you talking about? And then they can plan around the cameras. That is the most ludicrous defense. We need the footage. Tucker Carlson only scratched the surface. And then his boss told him, stop or else. And then the or else kicked in. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Wow. Um, hey, every now and then I hear, oh, Eric Adams is, uh, he's speaking a lot of truth. Give me a break. It doesn't matter what he says. Don't forget about what he says. And oh, by the way, what he says is not very impressive and it certainly isn't consistent. Uh, Eric Adams is, uh, well, he's a, he's a, he schmoozes with elites. Okay. But the job that he has, he has no clue, none whatsoever. This is a huge administrative job, operational job. He's never had this kind of power before, so he chooses. He doesn't know. He's like he's like doesn't even understand the full scope of it. So he just runs around to parties, has fun, t- tries on new suits, new shirts, and uh, you know, is having a ball. The city is going to hell, obviously. And this whole thing, what is this called? The night out, all out, all out, where they they flood cops. But apparently, this is being totally and completely botched every step of the way. Uh, the precincts, they send all these officers into precincts. The precincts aren't prepared. They don't even know they're coming them, that they're coming. The chief of patrol and chief of department are incompetent guys. 
and they have their spots because of Adams. This is what I'm hearing from somebody on the job. Uh, they have no clue, no intelligence. Hmm, I didn't know this. They dress like slobs. I have noticed that there does seem to be, uh, well, I love cops, but you know what? When everybody needs to have a boss, all right, everybody keeps you on your toes. And there's a kind of feeling that anything goes right now in the police department, that no one's really minding the store. And it's uh, it's a wreck, and it's kind of heartbreaking. It really is. Oh, I don't want to get upset now. All right. my I remember going to see my dad get promoted to lieutenant in 1974. I was in first grade and going there and getting a glimpse of the police commissioner. And it was just, uh, wow, what an organization. You know, such respect. And it has been decimated. You know what I say about Bill de Blasio, right? First, he pretended the NYPD was broken. Then he pretended to fix what wasn't broken. And then he managed to actually break it. And it's still broken. Meanwhile, Eric Adams, you can find him at the Met Gala in some outfit. <laughs> Knock yourself out. All right. This is Jason Scoop, my favorite Trump impersonator, with a new one. This is a prank phone call. <laughs> Listen. Like to make an offer to buy your store very strongly. I'm sorry. I'd like to make an offer to buy your store. I'm Donald Trump, and uh, I want to put a hotel uh, on your store very strongly. Oh, okay. Um, I'm I'm not really authorized to do anything like that. Uh, if you want to call back, uh, call back uh, tomorrow at nine a.m. Sure, I could put you in touch with my people, my very bigly people, Rudy Giuliani and my boy Don Jr. and Eric, and uh, I'm sure we could make a deal. We could do it very strongly. I'm looking down at your store right now from a very high, very bigly high-rise Trump Tower, okay? Uh, I don't, I, we're not interested. Thanks so much. Wow. Look at this guy. He says he's not interested. Just wait till we make a deal. They'll be very interested, okay? That I can tell you very strongly. So much is good in there, okay? I like the okay. I like that part. I like that he says on the store. You know, Trump has a peculiar way sometimes. It's it's not peculiar. It's unique. You know, I I, I could see him saying that. I want to put it on the store. And what was the other thing? Uh, oh, it's, <laughs> it's just great. And this guy, Jason Scoop, he also plays Biden. Now, you won't be able to. See what I'm about to see, but he's walking down the street, walking down a Manhattan street, and he approaches some guy who appears to be doing drugs. Anyway, he's got a, he's, he's, he's pretending to be Joe Biden coming up on, and he pretends the homeless guy is Hunter. It's kind of mean, but it's also very funny. All right, go. America's a word that can be described in one word. The foothills are submitted under the Hunter. Come on, son. What, what, what are you doing? What, 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 what are you doing? This, this is my boy. This is my, my, my son. And that's okay, Hunter. This stuff in for you. What sort of behavior is for, for, for the super predators. Come on, man. Shut up, you old geezer. I got, I got hairy legs. <laughs> you old geezer. Remember the hairy legs thing? The hairy legs and uh, what do they say? Roaches? That whole thing. He's surrounded by 17 kids at a pool in Wilmington when he's vice president told the most... Uh, just bizarre kind of he must be on mescaline type story. Um, very peculiar situation. Hey, King Charles is king. Did you see the video of him getting all mad? It's funny. You can be the king. You can be a crown. The whole you know, 10,000 people show up to worship you. And you can still find a way to be upset. 
He's sitting there with Camilla. And oh, by the way, guess who doesn't like Camilla? William. Did you see that? William turned his back on her. Uh, I can understand. I mean, Camilla, not to get all gossipy about somebody else's family that I never met and never will meet, but uh, I know that Camilla was fooling around with Charles early in the marriage, and Diana was devastated by it all. Devastated by it all. Um, yeah, what are you going to do? Uh, what the hell is this call about? Why do you guys put down? You know, you guys are the call screeners, okay? That doesn't mean you're the operator. You're the telephone operator. You put everybody through. Frank in Locust Valley, yes, sir. What is this? Hi. Greg, how are you? I hope all is well. Thank you. I'm a big fan. Uh, I got a question. Your father, um, was he in office when Anthony Weiner's laptop came in? Uh, no. You know, nine- no, he wasn't. Nine out of 20. Uh, all right, wait, wait, wait. Frank, Frank, Frank. My father left the, the police commissioner's job in 2014. The events that you're describing took place in 2016. And uh, guess what? What the hell would the police commissioner uh, be doing with Anthony Weiner's laptop? Well, are you, are you, have you heard what was on it? Yeah, Frank, we all did. What about it? So you know that 9 out of 12 of the cops that saw it are, are you know, suicided, if you will. 9 out of the 12 cops. Where did you get this information? Um, it's, it's, you can, you can all right, Frank. Up. Yeah, I can look it up. Guess where I'll get it on the internet, huh? On the internet. When has the internet ever, uh, uh, misled us? All right. Give me a break. All right. Just, uh, yikes. Uh, was your dad involved in any of that? Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, I don't, <laughs> yeah, the internet will get you in trouble. All right. If you believe everything you read on the internet, it can get you in trouble. And, um, I have not heard anything about uh, cops suicide. Look, Wiener looks. Anthony Wiener works at the station now, radio station. And you know what? Uh, quite frankly, everybody deserves a second chance, sometimes a third chance. And the guy is very smart. Uh, I think he still has a lot to offer. Uh, made some massive mistakes, obviously, and I think he's the first to uh, acknowledge that. He's got a pretty interesting show on the weekends. Oh, by the way, talks about addiction. Talks about. Uh, you know, the struggles that he went through, the struggles that other people are going through. And oh, by the way, he is, uh, he's wicked smart, as they would say up in Boston about, uh, politics and stuff like that. So, um, yeah. All right. I, 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 all right. Remember, call screeners. Okay. You're not the telephone operator. You just uh, plug everybody in. All right. There's some people I just, you know, did your dad know about that? Yeah, no. I, I anyway, look. Maybe I, I. I'm sorry to take it all out on you like that. You you read something on the internet, and um, you know, I will admit, around the Clintons, there are an unusual number of people who have died prematurely, and that may make me scratch my head from time to time. But I'm not prepared to call up a radio station. Well, I'll talk about it on the radio station. I'm not going to call some other radio show. All right, fair enough. Um, all right, one more. Bill in Garden City. Yeah. Hey, Greg, nice to talk to you again. Um, yeah, I grew up, uh, street again, the street next to you. But the thing that I was thinking about, this whole DOJ thing, and when Comer said, you know, keep it waiting till Wednesday, uh, my gut is they're just going to come through with it this at tonight and get something done with Hunter just so they screw him. But I think they tested him, uh, tested the DOJ for this. They they what, DOJ, for this? I think they were just – they put it out there saying, wait till you say something and indict him until Wednesday until we get all our information out to you. I just – my gut feeling – and your dad was a great guy. I went to Garden City High School, and your mom was the nurse there. But I'm just saying, um, 
my citizens detective him and said, I got a gut feeling they're going to come out tonight with a, like a nice indictment as, so they don't have to use the uh, Comer stuff tomorrow. What yeah, do you it could be. That? It could be. I mean, Comer was very specific. They better not indict before Wednesday. And this is <laughs> this seems to be a very long day. I don't know. It's like, like he must look, these guys, there's only so much they say when they're on the Maria Bartiromo show or 60 minutes or any TV show, they hold some stuff back. Uh, they know more than they let on. And, uh, so he knows, he knows something and he knows that they might be on the verge of doing that. And that would be just like you put it a nice indictment. It would be a way to take care of Hunter. And this guy does not deserve to be taken care of, right? Can we agree on that? Hey, Al Sharpton is still on television lecturing everybody about racism. Now, this is really, what what would Ed Koch call it? Hutzpah, hutzpah. <laughs> MSNBC. What is Brian, what does Brian Williams make of uh, Al Sharpton? Brian Williams, the most uh, elegant, uh, learned, erudite guy in the world, is uh, sitting at home while Al Sharpton is on the MSNBC set. Does that make any sense whatsoever? Hey, so Ron DeSantis, we have the outtakes from the debate prep. Uh, look, I'm for Trump. Ron DeSantis is a nice guy. Do we want to play the outtakes? They don't do anything. They don't, they, they don't um, hurt him. They, 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 he's not at his ideal, he's not at his best, but they don't hurt him. So I put this out there just to show that they don't hurt Ron DeSantis. They are not what the left is saying. The left is going bananas with this. Here he is getting ready for a debate, Ron DeSantis. Uh, this is all the way back five years ago, by the way. This is when he was running for governor against, who was the guy? <laughs> Trump calls him a crackhead. Who was? He wasn't a crackhead. I think he was a methhead. I'm sorry. I hope he gets over that. But uh, Andrew Gillum, I think his name was, right? Who's under federal indictment, oh, by the way. Keep going. Has the NRA donated to me? I, I don't think the NRA is quite the boogeyman the Democrats think it is. Do we hit him on guns or just everyone who cares about guns every, is going to vote for me? Is there any issue upon which you disagree with President Trump? Obviously there is because I've, I've, been, I've voted contrary to him in the cop. I have to frame it in a way that's not going to piss off all his voters. So what I do is I do what I think is right. I support um, his agenda in terms of what he's been able to do. If I have a disagreement, I talk to him in private. I think when you walk up there, if you have a pad, you have to write in all caps at the top of the pad, likable. And then look, I, I do the same thing because I have the same personality. We're both aggressive. Mm. The NRA all right, that's uh, <laughs> the likable part. <laughs> that is That is a bit of a quandary he's in with the likability thing. He's good at beating up on Tampa Bay Nine reporters. Uh, but uh, the rest of it, not the most likable guy in the world. And I'm told he's very strange in person. But there's nothing there that that harms him. Yes, it's blunt talk. I got to say how I disagree with President Trump without pissing everybody off. That's what he said, right? All right. I mean, it's true. It's true. That's um, And uh, Donald Trump is the top dog, of course, and was back in 2018. What else there? He did say something very smart. The NRA, not the boogeyman the left makes it out to be. Number one, in terms of donors, they're like 2,000th on the list. There's not mega money with the National Rifle Association. And the National Rifle Association, they do a lot of good. If some of these uh, MS-5, MS-13, whatever, if they would take some NRA courses or even watch the videos where they're taught to, you know, Aim at what you want to shoot and put your finger on the trigger, not until you're ready to shoot. That kind of thing. A lot of lies would be saved. Thank you, Governor DeSantis. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. 
Oh, boy. Hadley Gamble. You've been following this little story? Hadley Gamble allegedly hooked up with the boss at CNBC. Anyway, she is out at CNBC in wake of sexual harassment complaint. Hadley Gamble, the CNBC news anchor whose affair with NBC Universal CEO Jeff Schell led to the media mogul's shocking ouster last month, is no longer with the network. The Comcast-owned financial news outlet has announced Gamble has been a distinguished journalist for more than a decade for CNBC, undertaking highly visible and challenging assignments, blah, 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 blah. Her initiative, uh, we wish her every success. Okay, that's over. Hmm. Um, that's kind of an inside media thing. Uh, note to everybody, especially now, don't hook up with the boss. Don't hook up, period. Um, well, you can hook up. Well, if you're not married, I guess, I mean, I, you know what I mean. Do the right thing. You got to do the right thing. Oh, by the way, you know who's not doing the right thing? The criminal justice system. Oh, by um, by the way, of Donald Trump. I just found out that uh, Roberta Kaplan is her name. This is the one representing total kook E. Jean Carroll. E. Jean Carroll, who actually said on national television that most people think it's sexy to be raped, including her, E. Jean Carroll. All right. She also called John Johnson all round great guy, legendary broadcast journalist, happens to be black, called him an ape, which is a horrible racial slur in that context, don't you think? So uh, who else does she represent other than E. Jean Carroll? Well, she represented noted Donald Trump hater Mary Trump, the niece of Donald Trump. And uh, she says that, uh, ooh, uh, uh, Roberta Kaplan eats bullies for lunch. Okay, whatever. Uh, let's see here. She also represents uh, Ashley Biden. Okay, so she's representing E. Jean Carroll going after Donald Trump and represents Ashley Biden, daughter of the president. And what was that all about? What was that investigation? Why would you? Why would Ashley Biden need a lawyer? You know why? Because she lost her diary. She left her diary in a closet in a house that she was renting. And like a slob, she left a lot of her stuff there. And somebody found it and decided, hmm, this is interesting, and gave it to a reporter. I would call that freedom of speech and freedom of press and a lot of other things. The Southern District of New York, federal prosecutors call that a federal crime. Robbie, Roberta goes by Robbie, Robbie represents President Biden's daughter, Ashley Biden, in the Southern District of New York criminal investigation that led to the guilty plea of two individuals in connection with the theft of Ashley's personal diary. Well, now that you guys confirmed it and you got private lawyers boasting about how they helped Ashley Biden, I may just have to read some portions of that diary when we come back. Hmm? So that diary, my policy has been like Davy Jones and uh, Desi Arnaz Jr. in the Brady Bunch. If you find somebody else's diary, return it to their rightful owner, and that's it. Don't look at it. However, <laughs> however, since Joe Biden made it a federal case, we're going to look at it. I'm going to read it again. I And I also have a very special message for Ashley Biden, just for Ashley Biden. Because she's going through a lot of stuff. Some of that stuff I've been through, and I know the solution. But man, oh man, oh man, they could have just moved on. I mean, I'll tell you what. This diary is about like a billion times more elegant uh, than Hunter Biden's laptop, right? Yes, there are secrets in this thing. 
but not nearly the kind of secrets, the humiliating stuff that's on that laptop. Uh, but these people, it's tough to shame them. Remember when Hunter started going out with uh, with Haley, Bo's wife, and it became public? You know what President Joe Biden said in the official statement? We are happy they found each other. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The victim here uh, had had uh, mental health issues, but that it was certainly uh, not something that should have sentenced him to death. You cannot let this go unaccounted for without really opening the door to legitimizing and giving a basis of vigilantism. This young man, unarmed, did nothing to anyone, didn't assault anyone, was disruptive, which happens every day in subways, and you're going to put him in a chokehold and hold him there for minutes at a time while two other people hold him down and kill him. This person uh, uh, should face a grand jury and the two people with him. And the attorneys say that the family's going to pursue this. They're planning a funeral. All of the community is riled up about it. And I think the protests are, are just saying this could be anybody. You can't take the law in your own hand. And you certainly can't kill someone when there's no life extenuating circumstance. You hear that? The community is riled up. Thanks to Al. Thanks to Al and his allies. He used to have just a bunch of miscreants who hung around him. Now he's got MSNBC. Now he's got the president of the United States. Yeah, that was the key. Everybody's riled up. Wow. Way to go, Al. Sure, you lost the weight. You traded in your track suits for actual suits. I see you don't wear that medallion anymore. But you're just the same race hustler gangster you always were. Man. Huh? And, oh, by the way, a racist. Talk to the Asian community in Brooklyn about that stuff he pulled. The Asian grocery store boycott that he organized. The anti-Semitic, anti-white, anti-Asian, anti-cop filth that has come out of that man's mouth. And now he is welcomed at the highest quarters of government, corporate America, media. It is disgusting. And I do wonder what it does to a guy like Brian Williams, who, you know, let's face it, he told a tall tale or two, but, uh, uh, he didn't, he didn't have a hand in the Tawana Brawley hoax, I don't think. Maybe we should give Brian another chance at the 11th hour, all right? He'd do a much better job than that Stephanie Rule. Yikes. Stephanie Rule has one, one note, exasperated, exasperated and sly. She's either sly or exasperated. Nobody knows who I'm talking about, and that's okay. Or do you? Is that a, is she a big deal now? I don't. Uh, I don't know. Uh, hey, this is the thing about James Comer. Yeah, something is up. Something could happen imminently, and I'm up for it. Cut two, please. Cut two. Senator Grassley and I received a tip on a whistleblower. Senator Grassley was was the lead in this. Uh, we reviewed documents from the legally protected whistleblower, highly credible whistleblower that would implicate Joe Biden in a paper play scheme. Uh, in uh, uh, trying to set up a deal to receive funds to he and his family in exchange for foreign policy decisions. In exchange for foreign policy decisions. And that would be like getting the whole interagency to agree to get rid of Hunter Biden's nemesis, the guy who was investigating Burisma. One more, cut three, James Comer, Republican of Kentucky. 
My message to the Department of Justice is very loud and clear. Do not indict Hunter Biden before Wednesday when you have the opportunity to see the evidence that the House Oversight Committee will produce with respect to the web of LLCs, with respect to the number of adversarial countries that this family influence peddled in. This is not just about the president's son. This is about the entire Biden family, including the president of the United States. All right. Up to and including the president of the United States and the stuff that he was up to when he was vice president could be juicy. Are they going to? There's a real sense that the uh, Justice Department is going to indict Hunter Biden any moment now. But it would be for that uh, that form that you got to fill out. You got to fill it out truthfully under penalty of this, that and the other thing. It's a federal form. It's a background check. And I think one of the questions was, have you ever done drugs? <laughs> have you ever been treated for uh Addiction. And of course, both of those would be a resounding yes for Hunter Biden. Uh, Jonathan Turley. You know, I sometimes I wonder, well, what's the big deal about Jonathan Turley? Um, you know, this, he says a lot of common sense things. Well, you'd be surprised how few lawyers are prepared to say common sense things. I used to think that, you know, the law was kind of on the up and up in the legal community. Not really. Totally one-sided, totally corrupt, but this guy's great. Cut four, please. Cut four. Professor Turley. The Department of Justice could very well say, look, we, we have a lot of this information, but more importantly, we ruled out things like Farah being an unregistered mm-hmm. foreign agent or some of these crimes related to influence peddling. But this really presents the Department of Justice with a tough call here because, you know, they don't know what's coming out that gate. Uh, and if these are new witnesses, a lot of people will be scratching their heads about yeah. why the sudden push uh, towards an indictment rather than hold off for about 48 hours. And I think that the um, the executive branch really should listen to the legislative branch, right? I mean, I think they deserve that. I think they deserve that. After all this time, they're going to try to thwart. Yeah, we'll see. Could happen any moment, though, if they do and t- decide to indict uh, Hunter Biden. All right. Now, Joe last night had a bit of a meltdown or something. Uh, something was not working right, i.e. his brain. This is he's hosting a delegation. Let's see here. Uh, screening of American born Chinese. What the at his screening of American born Chinese. Is that a movie? Is the movie called American born Chinese? Is that it? Anyway, listen to what he said. I honored a group of trailblazing artists with National Medals of Arts and Humanities. The group included groundbreaking Asian Americans like Vera Wang and, and, and Joan Shingang, I'm going to pronounce it, Shanga Kawawa. I think I pronounced it correctly. She can call me Joe Bitten. I honored a group of children. Oh, trail. man. Oh, man. She can call me Joe Bitten. He says that with a real edge. Like he's projecting. He's. Somehow he's blaming her for mispronouncing his name, which he hasn't done yet and will not do. So there is a movie called American Born Chinese. With all the scrutiny about Joe Biden in China, this is the movie he featured at the White House. Uh, What do we make of that? Uh, Not good. Not good. Hey, uh, all right, I'll get to that in a second. First, oh, Barbara, we have to check in with Barbara. Hello, Barbara. Welcome back. Hi, Greg. How are you today? Wonderful. Um, 
Good, good. I saw, I loved to see on the show last night and hear you talking about learning the Constitution and the Bill of Rights and making it your own. And I know that yesterday also you listed some personal things that you are doing to improve Greg Kelly, the person, the individual, things with your health, things with your life, things with your habits. And learning the Constitution is one of those most important things. And it makes us realize as each individual, we have massive influence on the people around us. So it's very well worth our while to work to make ourselves better individuals, to be the best we can be. And what has made me a lover of the Constitution and a fan of the Constitution is the work I did with Chris Ann Hall. So I wanted to pass that on to you, that if you go on YouTube and you look at her genealogy of the Constitution by Mrs. Chris Ann Hall, that is an hour that will teach you things about our Constitution that will change your perspective and increase your pride in our Constitution, in our founders, and in our founding documents. Mm, I love it. How do we spell Chris Ann? It's K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E. That's all one word. K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E, capital H-A-L-L. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah, I, I don't know what I said last night. What I'm doing, by the way, to improve the, 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 the life of Greg Kelly is, uh, well, to be honest, um, uh, I stopped eating potato chips and I stopped drinking Diet Coke. And I really don't watch any TV shows other than the news. And uh, I really don't watch sports. Uh, there's just I, I can't sit around watching some game millionaires play other millionaires when I don't know the Eighth Amendment of the Constitution by heart. And by the way, learning the amendments by heart, I mean, word for word, it's harder than I thought it was going to be. It's 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 harder. I mean, they've got all these, you know, I mean, you, to get it right. It's very wordy at times, as you know. It's beautiful, but it is wordy as it has to be. But to really nail it, can you nail each of the amendments verbatim? Can you get them down verbatim? Are you asking me? Can yes. I? Yes. No, I, no, I cannot. Oh, that's a relief, uh, quite frankly. That is a relief. The, the language they used is a little different. It's so precise. They knew that words have meanings. So they chose their words with such precision and care. And when you look back at all the drafts of the Constitution of the Amendments, especially, there are multiple drafts, and they debated and decided over one word what would be the best word to be specifically what they intended to say. So I have great respect for it. I wish I were able to memorize verbatim each one. I'm lucky that I was able to memorize the First Amendment verbatim because I use that all the time. Okay, well, here I go. My eyes are closed. I'm going to try it one more time. I tried this yesterday. It was a disaster. Let's see what happens. Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of a religion. I think I got it wrong already. It's not a religion, or is it? No, it's of religion. Of religion. Shoot. All right. Never mind. <laughs> All I know is this. Freedom of religion is guaranteed. Freedom of speech is guaranteed. Freedom of um, of the press and uh, to peaceably assemble and to petition the government to redress our grievances. And uh, the other thing in there, and I think this is freedom to practice your religion. Sometimes people construe that the Constitution is totally like, 
either a religious, irreligious, but it's not, is it, Barbara? You can pray. People screw that up, don't they? The yes, the First Amendment has two parts that pertain to religious freedom. No establishment of a specific religious sect was to be done by our government. And also, the government could not prohibit the free exercise of religion. So those two clauses, the Establishment Clause and the Free Exercise Clause, both protect our right to live our conscience fully in the public and in our private lives. All right. I love it. I love it. Key fighting. And uh, we'll see you online. It's Americans for Freedom of Religion. Americans for Religious Freedom. What's it called again? Americans for Freedom of Religion. If you think, Greg, we have freedom of press, freedom of speech, freedom of religion, you know, well, we also have Americans for Freedom of Religion. Okay. The word freedom first. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Love it. Thank you so much. Good stuff. Barbara, what a constitutionalist out there on Long Island. So counting on her and everybody else. Seriously, I mean, what else are we going to do? Huh? We're going to watch those sports. We're going to watch everything on the all those TV shows. Or are we going to get better at the Constitution or get better at something? Go around once. My, my, you know, I was so agitated uh, not too long ago. I can't remember at what. And my wife said, enjoy your life. And I realized, God, what a great advice. Enjoy your life. This is it. There are too many... I mean, this is it. This is, uh, we're only going to get one May, what date is it? 8th, 2023. That's it. It's gone after today. Just, man, we can really, I'm the, I, I'm the worst. Live in the future, live in the past. Today, today, today. Just like De Niro said in Goodfellas, today, today, today. I'll be right back. Traffic jams, tailgating, pile-ups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Anybody know who Peter Flaherty is? Flaherty from the National Legal and Policy Center, which sounds grand, although I wonder if he's the only guy there. I don't know. I don't know anything about him. Uh, however, <laughs> he just showed up at uh, uh, that whole big confab where Warren Buffett is. And laid some things uh, down that they were not picking up. It's, uh, you know, all these billionaires get together and they talk about how great they are. And is there a Berkshire Hathaway thing to it as well? Because that's his company. Is this a shareholder meeting? Anyway, Flaherty has a habit of showing up uh, uninvited uh, to these things sometimes, although maybe he had every uh, right to speak because maybe he's a shareholder. I don't know. All I know is he he said some things into a microphone, and shortly after this, he was arrested. I think the first voice. Well, let's go ahead and play it. That was Warren Buffett. I am Peter Flaherty. There we go. Chairman of the National Legal and Policy Center. If we had an independent chair, the company would be less identified with Mr. Buffett's political activities. 
He's donated tens of billions to the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. As Bill Gates explained, when the company was still together, although the company bears our names, basically half our resources have come from Warren Buffett. If woke culture is the disease, then philanthropy is the virus. The Gates Foundation bankrolls the teaching of critical race theory around the country, including that math is inherently racist. The Gates Foundation offers a gender identity toolbox, which asserts that gender is a result of socially and culturally constructed ideas. This is a lie. Gender is not a cultural construct. Hey, stop for a, a second. By the way, everything he's, he's saying, I totally agree with, all right? And you're allowed to say things. I think this is a shareholders meeting, and he's a shareholder, and he's saying some stuff. Are you going to have a shareholder meeting? Is it all about worship Warren Buffett, or let's hear some stuff? Keep going, Peter. Genetic and biological fact. What's going on? You're not going to censor uh, what I say, ma'am. I'm very sorry. And I'll appeal to the chair that I'd be allowed to continue. Sir? Uh, you may continue, but you're under a three-minute limitation. Of course. We know how much Bill Gates cares about children. He met and traveled with Jeffrey Epstein many times after Epstein's convicted sex crimes. The Gates Foundation had a huge influence on the COVID response fiasco. The Gates Foundation may be the largest single donor to the dark money machine known as Arabella Associates. Hey, stop for a second. Why the hell is everybody freaking out? What he just said is accurate. Bill Gates did travel the world with Jeffrey Epstein after after the conviction that Jeffrey Epstein uh, had for having sex with children or getting erratic massages from children. Erratic massages. This is what upset upset them so much. Keep going. Oh, they they're they're kicking him out. Not fair. Not fair. That's totally not fair. Hey, I gotta go in a moment. John from Whitestone, real quick. I thought that guy was great. John, what's up? Hey, Greg. Uh, I want to talk about... Uh, Very quickly. E. I got to go soon. Go, go ahead. Yeah, E.J. Carroll, she's called John Johnson a... Uh, an ape. An ape. The liberal Democrats don't believe that Christ, God created man and created animals and monkeys separate. So when you speak to a lib, ask them if that is true. And there should be... They should not be offended because if they claim that man... Can't All right. Well, I mean, wait a second. All right. Wait. You can't call John Johnson an ape, all right? That's a that's a slur. We agree on that, right? I, I disagree. All right. Well, dude, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. We don't even know what John Johnson's political persuasions are. In her book, she called him an ape, and she he got mad. And I can understand that. Thank you, John. I'm sorry. I got to go. Vito in Staten Island. Vito. How are you, Greg? Uh, you mentioned Michelle Obama a little while ago, and I believe, honest to God, that she can beat. Donald Trump, if she were to run into an election, and I'm putting she in quotations because she's going to come out as non-binary, and then she's probably going to say that she's a trans woman. All right, be careful she's about thinking- this. We know what happened to uh, 
Joan Rivers when she started going down this alley. Uh, yeah, Michelle, I, you know, she could, she would be formidable. And oh, by the way, she could raise about a hundred million dollars in about 24 hours. Pete Buttigieg could not do that. So, uh, yeah. So wait, uh, you think she beats Trump? I believe she will beat Trump. I think the, the loony left will run the house like. No, like you know, I, 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 you know what? I mean, um, hopefully uh, there's more normal people than loony leftists. Uh, we'll see. Thank you, Vito. Uh, uh, Sonny in Rockland. Yeah. Yeah, Greg. Um, yeah, I just want to comment real briefly about the reparations you were talking about earlier. Right. Um, I, I don't I don't really support any kind of reparations, but a lot of Europeans and, and coming to America after the after the 1900s. Really, did, probably deserved it. But if there was one group that really deserved wait, it, wait, 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 wait. Europeans deserved it who got here after the 1900s. Why? Why? Because a lot of what you know, you know, they were discriminated on. You had the Irish, the Italians. There I know there groups. are a couple of signs up that said Irish need not apply, but uh, reparations. I mean, we were never enslaved. I don't believe in any reparations really at this point, and I don't think uh, I don't think uh, Europeans need them either. I don't think anybody, I mean, come on, all right? It's America, land of opportunity for the time being. Hey, listen, I got to go across the street, the book, check it out. Justice for All, How the Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement by me, Greg Kelly. I'll see you soon.